It's your girl Rebecca here, and you're listening to Just Ghoulie Things. Ooh. Hey, Boo Things, and welcome back. I am your bootyful host, Rebecca, and this is Quarantine Spooky Story Special Episode Number. Oh, shit. What number is this now? Is this. Wait, is this 10? Oh! <gasps> This is episode 10, guys. We are in the double digits. Oh my God, how crazy. It's also scary because that means that I have been in this house for 10 days. 10 days. And um, my birthday is coming up in, as of today, if you're listening to this on the 28th, three, four days. My birthday is on April Fool's Day. And... I'm kind of bummed because I had these plans of what I want to do for the 24th birthday, you know, Kobe year. Um, but I'm trying to look on the positive side of things. And now I have an excuse to extend my birthday celebration for when we get out of quarantine. Um, and I have some plans for my big 24 in regards to what I'm going to do for the new birth year. Um, I don't want to go into too much detail, but it does have to do with me aesthetically. Um, so like something with my physicality, no, I'm not getting any plastic surgery, but, um, I don't want to give too much away, but yeah, it has something to do with my appearance. So, um, if you want to guess what I'm going to do in ringing in the big 24, I'm not going to be able to do it on my birthday because of everything, but after, um, guess DM us, you know. Try to guess what I'm going to do for the big 24. Um, but I'm thinking for my 24th birthday on April 1st, I do want to get on a live on our Instagram at Just Glowy Things Podcast so I can celebrate part of my birthday with my boo things because you guys are a huge part of my life. And if I had a big birthday bash in a huge room when there wasn't the coronavirus, I would want to invite you all. So let's do it in a safe way. Let's still have a party and let's celebrate my 24th birthday on Instagram Live. Um, I'll put more details out as um, it gets closer and closer. Hope you guys can get on the live the same time time I'm going to be posting it. So for those that are new, hi, I'm Rebecca. And um, this is different than how we normally set up our Just Ghoulie Things episodes. Usually it's once a week. But because of the quarantine, I am hosting this spooky story special where I will be reading 10 paranormal experiences. It can vary from a bunch of different topics under the umbrella of paranormal activity. Um, and yeah, pretty much I kind of skim through these stories. I don't read them in full because I like to, I like to be surprised myself. So um, all the reactions that I have are genuine. And for those that have been listening to this podcast every day, I know that this is extremely annoying that I am very repetitive, but we are getting new listeners and I'm getting more DMs thanking Just Ghoulie Things podcast for keeping the podcast going and doing it now on a daily basis. And, I, you know, seeing all these messages, it really puts me in such a better mood. And speaking of getting in a better mood, at the end of this episode, I'm going to read a few weekly positives that have happened to some of our boo things this week. Um, at the end of every week now, I have been collecting positive things that may have happened to one of our listeners or something that happened to one of their friends or something that they've submitted to us so I can read it at the end of the week. So we can kind of take all the negative that we're seeing on the media and 
try to look at some positive sides to things, you know, because um, there's always more positive than negative, even if the negative is constantly being pushed in your face. Just always think of it that way. There's more positive in this world than negative. Don't let the negative manifest into something bigger. So without further ado, let's get started into these stories, right? So the first story is called Ouija Board Prediction. Ah, right out of the gates, Ouija Board. We love ourselves a Ouija Board, right? All right. Hey, all. Wanted to share my mom and aunt's experience. They both told me about it independently and not the kind to make it up. Sorry about the length. So this took place when they were teens, they're in their 50s now, in a relatively old four-story building from the 1920s, and about seven girls had gathered for a sleepover and decided to make a rudimentary Ouija board, of course. They wrote it out on a huge poster board and used a bottle cap as a planchette. They asked a spirit to join them, and everyone felt like they were in the presence of an older man, someone very warm and nurturing. That's nice. They asked a few questions like who he was and what happened, but unfortunately, they don't remember the answers. Then my mom asked who my aunt would marry, and the spirit spelled out B, and a unique spelling for a common name, something like Joan spelt it, like uh, something like Joan spelt G-O-U-G-H-N-E-S, the best likeness I could come up with while maintaining an anonymity. They laughed about it, and the other girls asked similar questions, thanked the spirit, and went to sleep. Being practical teens, they pretty much forgot about it all. Fast forward about 10 years now, and my aunt was having no luck in love. No relationship seemed to work out with what seemed like really nice guys on paper, and she was frustrated and losing hope. Then, this young man happened to move into the flat right below theirs. That's right, the same ancient four-story building, because some of bizarre circumstances in any flat he moved into previously. Either the flat had crazy electricity problems, loud upstairs neighbors who apparently jumped around all night long, making it impossible to sleep, weird insect infestations, etc. On the second day of him moving in, he met my aunt on the stairs, and within a week, he had asked her to marry him. She, too, was falling in love, but scared after the past. She called my mom for advice, and my mom was skeptical till she heard his name. B. Jones. My aunt, for, my aunt had forgotten it, but my mom remembered, and she told her to go ahead with it, and she did. They have a wonderful marriage and probably the only true soulmates I've ever seen. It just amazes me, the series of events that can take place in order for them to meet. There's a lot more, but I tried to keep it as short as possible. But if it's still too long, sorry about that. That was the perfect length and the absolute perfect paranormal story ever. Ah, that's so sweet. That, like, proves that fate is a thing one way or another. And this, I think, is one of the first... Ouija board experience stories I've read. I feel like we've read one on the show before that I don't remember clearly, but this one is my favorite because it connected love. And what are the odds? I mean, that someone, it's one thing to say a name that's a common name, but to have it spelled differently and then to meet that person that has their name spelled that way that the Ouija board predicted it would be, and the fact that this girl that posted this said that their relationship is like the quintessential soulmates. That is so cute. Ah, I love love. Sometimes. Sometimes it's like, ugh. But most of the time it's cute. All right. Next story. Shadow appearing around me. So this has been happening for a very long time. But ever since yesterday, I have had the most terrifying thing happen to me. Some backstory on what happened to me. 
I went to the mountains. It was a small vacation that I enjoyed with my cousins and sister. We were heading to the top of a forest-covered mountain trying to find an exit. We then hit a dead end at the top of the mountain. I was listening to some calming music and looking into the forest when I saw a humanoid thing. It was tall, very bony, but it was like a shadow. As soon as I saw it, it disappeared from my sight. After seeing it, we headed down the mountain and through the bushes. No leaves on them. I saw the thing walking quickly through them, and then it disappeared. I had never experienced such panic and anxiety before. I do have panic attacks and anxiety attacks, but nothing like this. Time skipped to 30 minutes ago. I was at the park listening to my music. It was pitch black, and I see something at the corner of my eye. Why are you in the park in pitch black? That is just... I set up for a disaster, just saying, sis. I didn't care because your music plays tricks with you at night. Then I looked in front of me and saw the same thing a few meters from me. I was a little scared, but it disappeared, so I shrugged it off. Not even five seconds later, it appeared in front of me, and it faded to only a little bit of opacity. I still saw it moving towards me. I don't know if it was my mind, but I booked it home. When I was a row from my house, I saw something run behind my car in front of me at the corner of my eyes. I walked by the car slowly, only praying that there was nothing there. And thankfully, there was nothing. I ran all the way back and got inside. My mom keeps black salt by the door to keep evil spirits from entering that way. I don't think it's going to work much longer. This thing is definitely not an animal. It is around six to seven feet tall. I'm young, an empath, and I have very bad anxiety. My emotions are now out of whack because of what I saw. Just wanted to share this to kind of lower my anxiety a little and hope that this isn't my mind playing tricks on me. Oh, that is horrifying. And the fact that this seems to be following you around, like what I usually, especially when it comes to things like this, I've only seen it, I've only seen these experiences where it's only these type of six foot seven shadow man skeletal figures are only seen in certain regions, but they don't follow one certain person around. That is crazy. That is crazy. But hopefully what your mom does, it seems like your mom's pretty open-minded about the spirit world. And she seems very conscious of what to do to keep negative energy out of the house. So maybe confide in your mom and see if there's any other steps you guys can take so you can feel a little safer. All right. Next story titled wake up i don't really know if this was sleep paralysis or not so i'm just gonna say it was an experience it sure felt like one at least i was about four or five when my mom had gotten the house my great-grandfather had died in it was a gift to us in his will so we had gotten it completely free almost i didn't start sleeping in the house until my mom was fully set up which required the attic to be redone since my mom wanted my room on the top floor The attic used to be cramped. I could barely fit in there, even though it was about three feet tall. The only things that were up there at the time were a few old toys and antiques. After everything was redone, I slept my first night up there. Everything was fine, other than the fact the room was extremely chilly. It was odd because my mom, who slept on the same floor, said that her room was fine. The next few nights, everything was normal, except for the temperature. I felt like every night, it got chillier and chillier by the second. The next few weeks is when things started to get weird. I remember one night I was about to fall asleep. It was around 9.45, I think. And then my music box just starts going off. It wasn't open or anything. It just started playing for no reason. After that, I slept in my mom's room for the next few nights. As, I, as soon as I returned back to the room, I started to see shadows now. Sometimes they would be right by my bed when I woke up. Other times they would be by my dresser. I could hear the wooden floors creak all the time. And sometimes the lights would even flicker. 
The last night I slept in that room, I remember me almost falling asleep around nine o'clock. My eyes were about to close, but then I heard a whisper. It sounded deep but soft, and I remember it saying, wake up. The words were so vivid that I could even feel the breath on my ear. I screamed. To this day, the room I used to sleep in is vacant. No one goes in or out. And here I am left to the great fear of the dark. Uh, I don't I don't know if this was sleep paralysis. I mean, you seem really young. And for you to have those type of dark thoughts, I feel like most four to five-year-olds don't experience that through influences of others. Like usually parents don't talk about negative things like that to kids around that age. So for a four or five-year-old to experience that, I feel like it must have been real. Um, And as many people know from just common knowledge of paranormal and from hearing it on this podcast continuously, you know, there's a theory that the younger you are, the closer you are to the other side because of, you know, the spectrum of life. And younger kids are more likely to experience paranormal as well as older people, you know, closer to their death. So that seems really interesting. Uh, Next story, sleepwalking or something else? I've had a couple of experiences that I can't quite explain, and I've never said anything to anyone for fear of sounding crazy. As a kid, I had a creative imagination and have always had very vivid dreams. But one night, when I was about seven, eight-ish, I had what I have been desperately telling myself was a nightmare. It was late at night, and I was suddenly awakened by this overwhelming sense of fear. I kept my eyes closed and tried to drift back to sleep, hoping it was a weird dream, but I stayed awake and acutely aware of myself and every sensation. I felt weightless and unable to move. I couldn't feel the blankets around me or my bed beneath me. Nothing. Out of nowhere, I feel this rush of cold air all around my body. And then, my bed. I felt my sheets and my cushy mattress hugging me. Again. The whole ordeal had to be less than 20 minutes. This was always something I tried to suppress and always told myself there was nothing, it was nothing more than a child's imagination. If that were the only time, I'd probably believe it, but years later, when I was about 15, I had another nightmare. This time was much, uh, was much the same. Late at night, I woke up with that exact same sinking fucking feeling of dread and couldn't bear to open my eyes knowing what was coming next. A sense of weightlessness, no ability to move, and my desperate attempt to feel my bed beneath me. There were also a few new unexpected sensations. I could hear leaves rustling. I could feel the tree branches going through my hands. I felt as though my feet were in the air and my hands were limp, and I I, I felt like I was being dragged or pulled somehow. I fucking tried to grab onto the tree branches, but I couldn't break out of it. God, just typing this out is bringing it all back and freaking me out again. That time, I have no recollection of of an after. I just had simply woken up the next morning thinking I had the worst nightmare again. I hate to put a tinfoil hat here, but I should note a few things. When I was younger, I would often wake up in a different room than I'd fallen asleep in, so I naturally assumed I was a sleepwalker. My only issue with that was no one had ever seen me to verify uh, seen me to verify it. Also, I had the most irrational fears, many of which recently resurfaced, hence my post, of being alone, watched, of aliens, angels, demons, any unseen force manipulating my world or well-being. Lately, I've been waking up at various times from 3 to 5 every other morning. No digestive issues, not to pee, just awake. Sometimes I have that weird feeling and my eyes are glued shut just like I did as a child. I'm 28 and lately the dark has begun to freak me out just like it did then. 
Any thoughts, suggestions would be greatly appreciated. I'd like to go back to being an adult and not thinking something's out to get me. That is scary. And I mean, I would, you know, the science side of things, I I would say, oh, you know, that's definitely just a very extreme, um, extreme sleep paralysis. But the experiences you're having where you're actually feeling yourself with the trees, the leaves, that I've never, I've never personally heard, um, I've never heard stuff like that with regular sleep paralysis. If any of you boo things have sleep paralysis stories that you'd like to share so that we can talk about it on an episode of Just Ghoulie Things, um, email us at justghouliethingspodcast at gmail.com. You know, now that I'm saying it out loud, I think that's a really good idea if you have had a sleep paralysis experience or even just a really bad nightmare, a dream, and you are trying to debunk whether this was sleep paralysis or something else. Again, this is a community and this is a safe space for you guys to tell us what you think or the craziest stories. You know, you don't have to apologize saying, hey, I'm sorry if this is crazy. You are not crazy. We all have experiences for a reason. Sometimes there are explanations for it and other times there's not. But that's why we're here. We're here to talk things out and to help one another because these things are fucking scary. Paranormal is fucking scary, especially if you're battling with it alone and don't know the right steps to take. And we are sometimes too scared to speak out to parents or other loved ones or friends because we're in fear that they're going to judge us. But at the same time, we don't know if they're feeling the same way we're feeling because maybe they're too afraid to speak out as well. So at least we have this community here at Just Ghoulie Things for us to speak our minds and to get advice from one another. And that's also why we have our private Facebook group, um, Just Ghoulie Things podcast group. And you can invite yourself. I'll accept you. Um, And if you have any questions, experiences that you kind of want to bounce off other people, um, you write the write it in there. It doesn't have to just be about sleep paralysis. It could be about something that you saw, a picture that you took, that you saw something weird um, once you developed it or once you looked back in your photos on your iPhone. Um, anything, really. So, again, if you have a sleep paralysis or weird dream, nightmare, sleeping experience, email us at jessgoolythingspodcast at gmail.com and let's create a discussion about this. All right. Next story is... The boy with a ball and a shadow person? I live in a small town in Tennessee. We share, we have our share of old houses around town, and back in the early 2000s, my aunt and uncle bought a very nice house in town. However, many odd things started happening after they and their two children moved in. One day, they came home from church to find the kitchen a complete mess. Seasonings has been opened and dumped all over the counters and floors. Pans had fallen out onto the floor, and worst of all, all of the stove burners were on high, even though my aunt knew she had not turned on the stove that morning or the night before. Days passed, and one night, my aunt was awoken by my cousin who was only three years old he was crying and saying that a boy took his ball my aunt got up thinking it was just his imagination and had asked him what he was talking about he told her that there was a boy who was playing ball with him then the boy ran off with his ball and hid in the closet my aunt went to the closet and opened it and found the ball sitting in the back of a closet now these doors were old and heavy and my cousin was only three and couldn't reach the doorknob to open the closet (gasps) oh my god that just gave me the chills okay that that threw me off He had also never told my aunt any wild stories and hadn't mentioned an imaginary friend before. Now, at the time, I had a sleepover at the house with my cousin. We had just finished watching a movie and had turned off the lights. My cousin slept in her room, uh, in her bed, and I slept on a pallet of blankets on the floor. 
I had trouble sleeping because the house made me uneasy. This house was so old, and I had a dumbwaiter that went from my cousin's room to the attic. I stared at that thing for a long time while I was trying to sleep. At some point, I woke up and just felt cold and more uneasy than I had before. I look toward the doorway, which is directly across from me, and I see what I believe to be my uncle, who is about six foot tall, only now he's so tall that his head is almost touching the high, a high eight-foot doorframe on the room. Also, his face isn't there. It's just a dark cloud. He just stood in the door, and I could tell he was staring at me, and I had a strong feeling that I was in danger. I couldn't move. I just stared at, at the shadow for what seemed like hours. I was shivering because of how cold I felt inside, and the shadow never moved. Just stood there and stared at me, and like someone snapped their fingers, it was gone, and sunlight was entering the room like somehow time had accelerated. I had always thought it was a very real dream, or my eyes just played tricks on me, up until learning how, um, about shadow people on the Time Suck podcast. Oh, the Time Suck podcast. Check that out. Now, I don't know exactly what happened. I only know one thing. That was the last time I ever set foot in that house, and my aunt and uncle and their family moved out of that house soon after. From what they have told me, they have never had any weird things happen since. Oh, that is crazy. And it's interesting how she thought it was her uncle at first, because, like, oh, he's six foot, you know, makes sense that, you know, he's a... He's pretty tall from this angle. And then she's like, wait, this is more like an eight-foot being because he's touching the door frame of the room. And my uncle does not typically touch the door frame. <laughs> but, yeah, that is, those are crazy experiences. And that's when you start thinking there's something negative in that house because she was feeling off or he was feeling off. I'm not sure if this is a boy or girl. And then the fact that this spirit turned on all the stove burners on high nonetheless and that is extremely dangerous in a house. I mean, one sudden movement and everything could just explode. So that does not seem good. And I'm curious as to whoever moved in, if they are experiencing anything similar and if they stayed as well. All right. Next story. Me and my friend saw a full body apparition similar to the Grim Reaper that we named Danny. <laughs> okay. Casual. Danny. Danny appeared on our neighborhood street in November 2010. I was 10 years old, my brother was 8, and my two other friends were 9 and 12. We were riding our bikes up and down the street, enjoying our last minutes of daylight, when we spotted what appeared to be a black-cloaked figure pacing back and forth across the street. At first, it was hunched over, and we thought it was an animal, but you could tell it was wearing a cloak by the way the fabric moved as it walked. We watched as the car passed by. As soon as the car headlights touched, it, the figure sprang to the side of the road and sat there in the darkness, stooping low to the ground, then resumed its pacing when the car was gone. We were both frightened and curious. I ran to tell my mom about the mysterious stranger, and she came out and looked down the road and told us she didn't see anything. This only made us more determined to find out what was going on. We hopped on our bikes and went to check it out. Such Stranger Thing vibes. Kaylee, the oldest, went first, with us younger kids trailing behind her just in case it would start chasing us. I don't remember my thoughts as we approached it. I was more fascinated than scared. I didn't believe in ghosts and was counting on my older friend to protect us. When we were about five feet from it, we stopped. By now, it had paused its relentless pacing and was standing silently in the middle of the road watching us. It was a man, about five foot five, dressed in a floor-length black coat with a hood. The sleeves of the cloak were long and hid his hands, and his face had hidden in the darkness of the hood. He stood like the Grim Reaper without one of those little, what is it called, a scythe? A scythe? 
I don't know how to say that, scythe or scythe? I'm, I'm so bad with that word. At first, the thought crossed my mind that he was one of the neighbors, but it wasn't Halloween for another month, and what neighbor could be outside on a chilly November evening pacing across the road? And besides, there was something off about the man that I couldn't place. Hold on. They just said that it wasn't Halloween for another month, but this happened in November? Honey, October is before November. Okay, whatever. Back to the story. Something inhuman. He wasn't see-through like you would see a ghost would be. He was solid and appeared almost as a real person, except there was something about the way he stood silently in the road staring at us, something in the way he moved that made it obvious that he wasn't a part of this world. Kaylee stepped forward. Who are you, she asked. The man did not reply, but his head shifted towards her slightly, and it was obvious he was aware of us. Then his whole body shifted as if he was going to walk forward, and Kaylee turned her bike around, screamed at us to run, and began pedaling at top speed. I instantly fled back up the stairs, uh, the street towards home, too scared to notice if it was chasing us. Kaylee was a rational kid for her age. She never got scared of anything, but as she ran past me, I saw her look back at the man, and she had an expression of terror on her face. Once we reached home, we looked back to see if it had followed us, but it had vanished. We didn't go back outside that night and walked each other home. Years later, there are so many unanswered questions that me and my friends still discuss. Who was he? Where, he, where had he come from? Our neighborhood was surrounded by a forest and a metal fence, and there was only one entrance, and we had been playing in the street all day and hadn't seen any strangers pass through. Why wasn't my mom able to see it? We have nicknamed our encounter Danny because when we talk about the incident, people think we're crazy if we say ghost or shadow man. Indeed, I myself, if I had seen my, uh, Danny alone by myself, I would have written it off as just my imagination. But the fact that three other people saw it at the same time, including Kaylee, who used to make fun of people who believed in the paranormal, is proof to me that we didn't just make it up. At night, the memory of Danny and his cloak makes me shiver, and I lie awake and think about how I am probably one of the only people on this planet who knows 100% that the supernatural is real because we stood in front of it and spoke to something that was not only present in our reality, but aware of us. I wish I had proof, a photo, a video, but it was 2010 and we were kids who didn't have cameras or iPhones. I'm not sure if other people could see it. No other neighbors reported anything strange and my mother still claims to this day that she saw nothing when she looked down the road. I have two theories, that, that Danny was indeed the angel of death, as described in the Bible, walking the earth to claim his lost souls, Ugh. and that Danny was and that Danny was a demon or lost soul himself who had been summoned by a cult into our reality and had been trapped in the physical world. That's a complex theory. Our neighborhood, Long Branch, Washington, had been lawless up until 1918, and it was famous for its cults and shady characters, especially in the 70s. People who were in trouble with the law often lived there in secrecy and isolation. After that, after we saw Danny, a neighbor killed himself and his body wasn't discovered until a week later, and another was brutally beaten to death with a chain while he lay in a coma at a local hospital. My guess is that someone messed with something they didn't understand, and the result was Danny, left to wander the dark woods forever, cursing the neighborhood with his presence. We haven't seen him since, although odd deaths continue to plague our old neighborhood. We will never touch a Ouija board or even hold tarot cards because of what happened. For me, the supernatural is too close, too real, and something I never want to experience again. Wow. I didn't... I knew this was going to be an interesting story from the title, which was the only thing I had read before just now. But holy shit. This is an insane story. 
while reading this, I thought, you know, maybe this was just some weird person that lived in the neighborhood that just wanted to scare some kids. But the fact that the kids were seeing this went to the mom and was like, do you see that right in front and right down the road? They're looking at it, but the mom can't see it. And then the fact that there's only one entrance into the neighborhood and they were out on the street all day and didn't see anybody enter. And then there's all this weird shit that's happening in the neighborhood since seeing that thing and the connection with the history. It seems like this person did a phenomenal job of looking into the history and kind of piecing the things together. I don't know if I would have been even able to do that research, but amazing job to whoever had this experience. Um, It seems like nothing bad has happened to them, knock on wood, Um, just, you know, traumatized by experiencing this Danny character. Um, But yeah, Long Branch, Washington, if any of our boothings are from there, have you heard of anything similar to that? Let us know. All right. Next is, as as, uh, Lily's favorite topic is titled Lady in the White Dress. This, this, haunting, this story could be a haunting or encounter. I'm not really sure. So when I was like five or seven years old, I lived in this really old house with an attic I had never been in, and the house itself didn't give off spooky vibes, but certain rooms itself in the house gave off some fucked up vibes, like the closet in the master bedroom. The only person brave enough to go in was my mom, and she only went in like two minutes at a time. If you just looked at the closet, it would give off some really bad vibes. The point of the story is that in those certain areas sometimes I would see a woman in a white dress, very transparent sometimes, but still there one night. I climbed out of bed to get some water on the way there. I looked down the hallway that connects to all the bedrooms. It had a bathroom at the end of it, and in the middle of the ceiling was the thing to the attic. I looked at the bathroom and saw the lady just standing there. She then ran at me. Oh, my God, that's horrifying, seeing a spirit run at you. And I fell backwards. She didn't disappear as I fell. I vividly remember that part with the hallway. And sometimes, and sometime after that incident, I would go to bed and have dreams where I would go to a random place in the house and start talking to my family. Then I see something in a dark area of the room and look over there after, my, after that. My family starts ignoring me and I can't run fast anymore. And after a few seconds, the figure jumps at me or runs to me and it's like a jump scare. I almost always wake up or fall the same way that I did that hallway experience. And then I wake up and the first few times it happened, it was the lady in white. After a few times, I just kind of expected it and wasn't scared anymore. After that, the lady would change shapes in my dreams to something else. It wasn't like a giant sleep paralysis demon thing. It was just stuff I was scared of at the time. Sometimes it was a stereotypical alien. Most times it was Springtrap or something like him. The dreams kept getting scarier and scarier. And sometime in 2018, I started to play Doom and really enjoyed it. At the same time, the lady in the dreams stopped spooking me. And I think she was scared of the game or something. Probably that. Now the dreams only happen occasionally and they aren't scary anymore. All right. So I don't know this game Doom. Um, does anyone know what this game Doom is? Let me let me see what this is. I'm going to look it up real quick. The game. The game Doom. Let's see if I can pull up any information on it real quick because... I'm curious. Oh, I have a question for you guys, too. Speaking of internet, so I have Optimum, um, but just like I don't have cable, I just have uh, the internet. 
and it has been the worst like the absolute worst like it takes forever for everything to load like it is ridiculous okay so doom is a 1993 video game um according to wikipedia and players assume the role of a space marine popularly known as doom guy fighting his way through hordes of invading demons from hell the first episode, comprising nine levels, was distributed freely as shareware and played by an estimated 15 to 20 million people within two years. Huh. Interesting. I never heard of this game. But I guess maybe the demon, the demon topic in the game may have scared the lady in white. I don't know. It's weird. Okay. Next story is titled The Yellow House. This was in 2015, and I had just left the Marines due to injuries sustained while deployed. My wife and I moved back to my hometown, a small little area in the mountains of Virginia where there's only about 400 people living. While back home, I was driving from the local McDonald's slash gas station while it was snowing and saw two people walking. The gas station close to some houses, and a lot of people walk here due to it being a poor town and not everyone can afford cars. I stopped and asked them if they wanted a ride home. They both said yes, and I got in my car and asked, where do you all live? Both replied, the yellow house at the end of the street. We started talking, and I casually said I used to live in that same house when I was a kid from 7 to 11 years old. At that time, the woman asked me, did you have anything weird happen to you in that house? I replied, yeah, actually, I'm pretty sure there's something wrong with it. I do not ever want to go back in there. They both looked at me with a pale ghost-like face and said, oh my God, we thought we were going crazy. They began to explain that they were, going, they were having things go missing, shadows would walk around, and one time they heard laughter from the basement. The male said he thought he was making it, that she was making it all up until he saw it himself today before they went walking. As they were leaving, all of the doors shut at the same time and plates were flying off the shelves. At this point, I'm very curious. I thought, okay, I never want to go back in, but I can't pass this up. My wife and I do dabble in some stuff with paranormal activity, so I exchanged numbers with them. They texted me inviting my wife and I to the house to check it out. My wife, being curious one, thought it would be great to see where I spent some of my childhood. We went there, and as soon as we walked in, my wife got very ill. She looked at me and said, you didn't tell me this place had bad energy. So we did our tour of the place, and as we walked, I explained what all happened to me there and my brother when we were younger. But before we left, we saw this black figure at the end of the hallway just straight staring at me, as if glaring. I knew it remembered me because I could just feel the feeling of odd familiarity. Shortly after we left, and never heard of from that couple again, the house burned down a couple months later from some kind of freak accident that the cops couldn't explain. Yeah, they definitely burned that motherfucker down flashback to me as a kid now my mother had just made enough money for us to move out of section 8 housing and was looking for a big enough place for her my brother and i the yellow house had just came up for rent and my mom had got a tour set up for us to check out we went in midday and i was looking around and decided to check out what was going to be my room i walked in and it was the first time my brother and i would have lots of room to play in and i was really excited to check it out as i'm about to leave i heard some whisper from the closet and didn't really pay much attention i got to the room door and as i went to step outside the room something grabbed both my legs and dragged me into the closet oh my god i screamed and clawed my fingers into the hardwood flooring this is from a fucking scary movie i screamed so loud it alerted my mother and the landlord and they came running into the room as they opened the door something threw me back into the room my mother thought I was playing and used my imagination and told me to stop goofing around. 
We left, and I thought nothing of it until a week later. I find out we're moving into that same house. I told my mother that I didn't want to move, but it was already too late. As we moved in and settled down, I noticed my room. Uh, I noticed in my room my fingernail marks in the wood. They went all the way into the inside wall of the closet as if I had been pulled into the wall. After the first month, nothing had happened, and all seemed to be fine, and then it started. Things would go missing. My brother and my room would have toys moving at night as if someone was playing with them. It wasn't my brother. I slept on the bottom bunk and would have known if he got up. At night, we would hear small footsteps as if a doll was walking around the house. I say doll and not a child because of the specific sounds it made. Oh, hell no. We heard whispers from the basement and closet. And one particular day, my brother and I were going to the basement to get our bikes and some toys for outside. The stairs to the basement only had one side railing, and there was like a platform midway that had like an eight-foot drop on one side of the basement, um, which was entirely concrete. My brother was walking down, and I was at the bottom. At the moment he made it to the platform, I saw a dark figure appear and push him onto the concrete head first. To this day, since that happened, he has had a learning delay and speech pattern disability. Whatever happened there, I don't know what it was. I know the people after us found a hidden room in the basement and was making meth and got arrested in a large drug bust. That house will always haunt me, and I will never forget the yellow house that tried to keep me. Wow. Well, fuck that yellow house, and I'm glad that shit burned down, and hopefully all the demons and bad energy burned down with it, because that is just toxic all over. And the fact that this spirit was so malicious that it pushed a kid down and hurt him to the point where he's still suffering the consequences of that fall. Horrifying. All right, next story. My old hospital. Hey, this happened to me around 2015. I'll never forget it. It may be a little lengthy for some backstory, so here it goes. I worked at the old Frankfurt Hospital in Northeast Philly for about eight years and only had two occurrences happen to me there, despite its reputation for being a little spiritually connected. I worked in the Wellness Center, which is underneath the church next to St. Catherine Drexel's Summer House, which is built into the side of the hospital, per se. The Cancer Center is on the other side of this building, too. It's all connected. I worked in the Wellness Center and had to walk people from there to my massage room, which is up two flights of stairs and down the hall where my room is. Down the hall is bathrooms and a couple of suites for physicians. One Saturday, they needed an extra therapist for a couple's Uh, for a couple and asked my then-girlfriend, who is an LMT2, to come in as the wellness center would comp her. She did, and we got there to set up. I opened the room up, and we got set up, had to grab another table from the crypt, and ran it upstairs to the room. So it was about 8.30, and I told my girlfriend I had to go to the bathroom right down the hall before we go back downstairs. I walked down the hall to the bathrooms, and some lady was screaming my name at the top of her lungs over and over and over again. I just stood there. It kept happening by for what seemed like 10 seconds, and I was frozen, just disbelief. We were the only two in the area. No one was there, nothing. No lights, nothing. I didn't know what to do. I went back to the room and asked what the problem was, and she was just sitting there waiting for me. I asked her, were you screaming my name? I'm right down the hall. She said she heard absolutely nothing. So that was a message directed right to you, buddy, because the fact that you guys were so close in proximity and this was such a loud scream, but yet only you can hear it? 
there's something trying to connect with you. Something happened in that area where you were working. There's a spirit that needs some closure. Has to be. And I don't know what it is. But I think next time you go in there, if you work in that section continuously, I would bring your audio recorder. You can use your voice notes on your phone and just look something up because, and I mean, not look something up, turn on your voice notes, do some investigating, maybe do some research of that region of the hospital. If there's any history there of, you know, certain deaths that may be significant and ask some questions, give it a few seconds to respond and then ask another question and then play it back when you get home. See what you find. Maybe you'll find something really, really interesting because there's a certain reason why they're connecting with just you. Maybe there's something you need to find out. All right. Last experience. And um, this experience, it seems, from what I quickly read, seems like a really sweet, positive one to end on. So let's do that. It is titled Smudging Experience. Hello, all. I am writing to share my experience a few years back. A little backstory, I've always been a bit odd. I remember seeing color shadows of people since I was five years old. I've had premonition dreams that come to pass. When I was in my late 20s, I was aligned with those that had shared similar experiences. I delved deeper into my Alaskan Native's beliefs, yearning for more understanding. So, a few years ago, an acquaintance slash coworker asked me for help at her apartment, a smudging as she felt a presence. I agreed as I con- had conducted a few smudgings of properties. I arrived about 11 p.m. I was met by my coworker and another coworker. The rest of the occupants were not at the residence. The apartment was quaint, an entryway, living room, kitchen, small bath, and two bedrooms. I began doing my thing, burning sage and chanting. I made my way through the rooms, and as I did, I kept hearing the name Lucy. I dismissed it temporarily. Once I finished blessing the apartment, my coworkers and I sat in the living area. I had this nagging feeling to ask, who is Lucy? Mind you, this living area was a, a TV stand, two sofas, and a large square foot rest, and a small door to a closet in one corner. So I asked, does the name Lucy mean anything? Can, can you tell me who Lucy was? The coworker that lived in the apartment went behind the smaller sofa. I hadn't noticed there was a small walking space behind it as it was at an angle in front of a window. She reached down behind the sofa and returned to the square footrest in front of me. She placed a pink gecko on the footrest, explaining, this is Lucy. I was shocked, and I I am shocked as well, as I hadn't experienced an animal telling me its name before. I had never met a lizard up until that point. The three of us were a bit awestruck, as I had no knowledge of her pet lizard. Lucy was quite happy and scurred over to me, climbed up to my neck and remained nestled in my hair until I left. It was a beautiful moment that has me wonder if other people have had something similar happen. Wait a second. A fucking lizard talk to you? That is the dopest thing I have ever heard in my life. You are a pet whisperer. There needs to be a show about you. This need this needs to happen, guys. We need to have this person have their own show. You're a you're a Dr. Doolittle. You're a spiritual Dr. Doolittle. I love it. And that is an awesome way to end this part of the Quarantine Spooky Story Special, Episode 10. Now, like I said at the beginning of the episode, I'm going to read a few um, weekly positives that I got from you guys via Instagram. So if you want to submit your weekly positives for next week, just DM us at Podcast on Instagram. Or you can email us at Podcast at gmail.com. Or you can... Uh, you can Facebook us at Just Ghoulie Things Podcast on our like page or our private page. So here's the first one. 
received an opportunity to record with another podcast. That is awesome. So this girl, Ashlyn, um, I know I could say her name because she is just awesome and we love her to death. Um, We're giving her the opportunity to co-host with us once Lily and I are able to get into the same room and podcast again, um, probably after the whole quarantine thing is over. Oh, we're going to start Skyping with our boo things and having them be a part of episodes with us. We have a few other people that we've selected so far. So if you're interested in co-hosting Just Ghouly Things podcast, email us at justghoulythingspodcast at gmail.com. Email us your name, your social media handles, what topics you'd like to talk about, and why you'd like to co-host on our show. We're still taking applications. This is going to be a long-term thing that we're doing. So it's not like you know, if you don't hear back from us the day after you submit doesn't mean you're not accepted. We're going to get back to everyone eventually. We've just gotten so many submissions that we're just going through them one by one. We're trying to, you know, we had days of when we were going to do it, but then since the quarantine, everything got kind of put into whack. So, um, we're definitely circling back with people continuously. Don't worry. We will get back to you as soon as things get a little more clear with the quarantine and when everyone could record. All right. Next one, my eight-month-old daughter is learning to pull herself up to stand. That is so sweet. Um, I've never been around kids at a young age like that and seeing them progress in that way, but I feel like I know how I react when, you know, I've had my dog since he was three months old and now he's a little over a year old. And seeing him growing up as well, and how excited I get when I start seeing him get smarter and smarter. So I can only imagine a little human and seeing them grow. Um, that must be just such a surreal experience. Next one. I had a job interview. The last time I applied for the job, I didn't make it past the phone screen. That's amazing. And that's awesome that you're getting job interviews during this time. I know it's a little crazy for people, especially those that are unemployed, desperate to find work and you know, more people are getting laid off. So it's hard to find job opportunities. So we here at Just Ghouly Things are wishing you the best of luck, sending you positive vibes. You're going to kill it. You're going to get it. Everything happens for a reason. And if for whatever reason, this opportunity, it's not the right time, it will be the right time maybe there at some other point, or there'll be an even better opportunity somewhere else. So keep a positive mind. Know that you are fucking awesome. I actually know you, and you are amazing. You are beautiful, and you've got this. All right. And the final one for this week, I got accepted into a hairstyling school. That is awesome. And all of my girlfriends that are hairstylists, um, it's crazy because, you know, growing up, I was always told, you have to go to college, and, you know, you can't do beauty school or whatever. I never really had the desire to go to beauty school anyway. That just, like, wasn't my thing. Because I just always knew that it was so much more complex than what I feel like people make it out to be. Like when I'm hearing my hairstylist, Danielle, a.k.a. Snip Tease on Instagram, she tells me how she dyes my hair and like the chemicals and how she mixes everything. I'm like, how the hell do you guys learn this? Like it's literally chemistry. You're, you're, when you're going to hairstyling school, it's literally you're learning chemistry on a whole other level. And I have so much respect and appreciate hairstylists and the way they work because... I, you could not trust me near your hair. Nope. Not with scissors, not with doing a braid. No. So let alone dyeing someone's hair, bleaching someone's hair. Nope, 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 nope. So best of luck in hairstyling school whenever you start that. And um, cheers to much success in your future career. 
All right, guys, uh, that concludes that section of Just Ghoulie Things. That concludes this full episode of Just Ghoulie Things, the Quarantine Spooky Story Special, Episode 10. Let's go through the social media. You can follow us at Instagram at Just Ghoulie Things Podcast. Follow me personally on Instagram at Rebecca Ruber. Um, if you watch, if you listen to, I thought you watch us. If you listen to us on Apple Podcast, rate us five stars, leave us a dope review, screenshot our episodes, and post us on all your social media. Tell everybody you know about this. I mean, the more we get rates and the more we get reviews, the higher up on the charts we get. And I know every day we're getting better and better and better. So please, 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 it only takes less than two minutes. And a lot of us have a lot of time on our hands right now. So please take some of that time. It is so appreciated from Lily and I so, so much. All right. Um, Facebook page, Just Ghoulie Things Podcast. Our private page, Just Ghouly Things Podcast group. You can donate to our Patreon, Just Ghouly Things Podcast. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience that they'd like to share on our show or would like to co-host, email us at Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, Boo Thanks, and I will talk to Boo tomorrow. Goodbye.